You are now listening to Discover Your Potential with renowned radio talk show host and certified holistic practitioner, Cindy Gilman. So listen, participate, be inspired. Know that you can discover your potential. Here she is, Cindy Gilman. Well, hello, hello, hello. I hope everybody is enjoying their Sunday. And if you are spending a part of your Sunday with me and my guest, I truly appreciate it. Um, we appreciate all our listeners and, and your emails that are coming from all over the world. Um, I just want to uh, thank you for the responses on the complimentary meditation that I recorded for you. I know this has been a tough time uh, with what's going on in the world, and I wanted to give you a gift of relaxation. So if you go to the website, wdyptalkradio.com, you will find the meditation. Uh, we did. We got emails from all over the world thanking us for recording the meditation, how much it helped them to relax, bringing in the white light and surrounding themselves in white light. And to answer your questions, everybody keeps saying, when are you going to record another meditation? Uh, we will be recording another meditation this will be a meditation to dissipate any negative energy or negative feelings. I know I, I want you to start thinking more positive. I want you to, to be able to know that, yes, life is different right now, and we've all had to make certain sacrifices, and people are getting kind of antsy from staying in. But it's also brought some gifts. More people are having meals with their family. They're talking to each other. Um, but I want you to do some kind of act of kindness, whether it's sending a donation to a local food bank. And here in Rhode Island, we have the Rhode Island Food Bank, or to a food pantry or looking in on a neighbor that might be alone, that might need some comfort. So we send you healing thoughts. And uh, the other thing I want to... Oh, I, I'm so happy that Chris Cuomo is uh, recuperating from the virus. And uh, when I see him on TV, I just send a little blast of healing for him. But I also want to mention... Another um, cable news person, and that is Anderson Cooper, who just became a daddy. And I think it's so great. So congratulations, Anderson Cooper, welcoming into the world Wyatt Morgan Cooper. What a distinguished name for a baby that's only a few days old. So I want to read, I always like to try to read something inspirational at the beginning of the program, and I want to invite you to please call in today and participate. Let the phone ring four times, because there may be other people on one of the lines. If you have a piece of paper and a pen, 
You may want to take some notes, but here's the call-in number, and I will repeat it a number of times during this hour. Ready? It's 888-627-6008. Yes, 888-627-6008. And... Um, we are streaming live right now on HD Radio through WBBS. And if you call, you will hear the beautiful, melodious voice of our producer, Doug. Hi, Doug. He must be busy. Well, hello. Hello, everyone. Well, that's a sexy hello. Hi. <laughs> is that your Sunday voice? It is. Oh, I love it. I love it. Would you do that once more? Hello. <laughs> oh, that's that's good. I love that. Doug keeps us going. He keeps the keeps the wheels in motion here. And um, thanks to our guest producer, who is also my son. Dan, who many of you have talked to, uh, who keeps me going. And, um, yes, Dan, Mother's Day is coming up, by the way. (laughs) Hint. Oh, by the way, if you want to get an interesting Mother's Day gift, one of our sponsors has an idea for you. Maybe you've run out of ideas. This is through Tipsy Chicks. Tipsy Chicks is a company that's owned by two women. And if you're looking for a unique, fun gift, whether it's for Mother's Day, birthday, wedding, or just a girl's night out, their women-owned business encompasses a variety of gift items. The gift items are super unique. They have magnetic drink charms. Probably many of you are at home drinking a glass of wine, or maybe two. Not me, I don't drink. Magnetic drink charms that you can put over your glass and over 100 varieties of beautiful bracelets. So check out their website. Go to tipsy, that's T-I-P-S-Y, chicks. Dot com. That's a little onomatopoetic, I think. For fabulous, fun gift needs. You're going to love it. And I'm sure whoever you pick out a gift for will find it different and fun. So, if you're not listening to us live, you can go to the website, WDYP, which stands for Discover Your Potential, talkradio.com. The podcasts are usually up in a week, and that's thanks to Daniel and Doug. And I also want to mention, I want to say thank you. Um, Not long ago, I had a guest on the program, Karina. Karina is a dress designer and maker, and uh, her website is karinadresses.com. But for now, she has put aside her patterns for dresses, and she is making masks. Everybody needs to wear a mask. 
and Karina is making these masks. They have given away hundreds of masks to first responders. She is selling the masks. If you'd like to get one, KarinaDresses.com. And uh, so that was a little hint. Uh, Listen to Dr. Fauci. Wear your mask. Wear your gloves. Make sure you clean things that are coming into your home. And, um, yes, we we are definitely having some life-changing experiences with this pandemic. Um, So let me read my little inspirational moment. Remember, the number is 888-627-6008. There are times in every life when we feel hurt or alone. But I believe these times when we feel lost and all around us seems to be falling apart are really bridges of growth. We struggle and try to recapture the security of what was. But almost in spite of ourselves, we emerge on the other side with a new understanding, a new awareness, a new strength. It's almost as though we must go through the pain and the struggle in order to grow and reach new heights. So remember, this will end. It will change our lives. But we have to play by the rules. You probably heard that growing up. Play by the rules. Wear your mask. Wear your gloves. It's difficult for people to see you smile under your mask. But they might see a glimmer of a smile in your eyes. So, hope everyone is handling things okay. I want to ask you a question, and this is a program where you definitely have an opportunity to participate by calling the number I gave you. Uh, Today, I want you to share your experiences. This is a subject that many people may doubt, and I'm not trying to make a believer out of you. I just want you to listen with an open mind. So my question is, have you ever been contacted by a loved one who has passed? That's right. Have you ever been contacted by a loved one who has passed? Whether it's a spouse, grandparent, other relative, child, A pet, yes, pets have souls. And do you believe that you will be reunited with your loved ones when you make your transition? Can they communicate with us now? Well, let's ask my guest who did years of research and he and his former partner wrote a book called Hello from Heaven. 
it's a book that I have suggested to hundreds of clients over the years. It's helpful for them. It's inspiring. Gives them comfort. Comfort and support during their times of grief and even after their times of grief. Although we always miss our loved ones here, but they are still with us. It gives us the hope to be reunited with them. Inspiration for caregivers of the elderly and the terminally ill. And insight and reassurance for anyone who is fearful of death. And it does bring inner peace for those hearts and minds who are awaiting this good news. So I welcome to Discover Your Potential, Mr. Bill Guggenheim. Welcome, Bill. Hello, Cindy. Hello, Bill. How's your Sunday going? So so far, so good. Okay. So you and your former wife, Judy, did years of research and put together this wonderful book that I have referred to so many clients. In fact, um, I had always kept a few copies in my office, and when I ran out, I went over, I think I talked to you about this, I went over to Barnes & Noble and said, um, do you have any more copies of Hello from Heaven? And he just kind of gave me the shrugging of the shoulders, and I said, what's the matter? I said, I refer this book to so many of my clients. And he looked at me and he goes, you're the one? They had to keep ordering the book. (laughs) So, Bill, tell me, what, uh, what got you interested in doing this research? All right. Well, to begin with, I'd like to point out that I used to be a stockbroker and a securities analyst on Wall Street in New York City. I'm from New York. Oh, my. That's very different than the subject of your book. And I compared people to flashlight batteries, that when the juice ran out, you threw the body away because that's all there there is. So I did not believe in life after death whatsoever. Really? A number of years later, I found myself attending a five-day workshop with Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, and she was the lead researcher and writer about death and dying, the stages of grief, and all those things. We had 70 people there, and during the course of the workshop, one woman who was a nurse whose daughter had been hit and killed by a driver uh, narrated how she had had a dream that was unlike any other dream she'd ever had, uh, in that her daughter visited her during that sleep state experience, and it was more real, more colorful, more uplifting, more everything than life itself is. The wide awake, you know, communication is. Right. And she went on to describe an experience her son had with his deceased sister. But I blew those off. I said, well, the first was she called it a dream. To me, dreams weren't real. And the second, a teenage boy seeing his deceased sister figured maybe he'd smoked marijuana, who knows why. Yeah. But that was my analytical New York mind wow. at work uh, many years later. And uh, But then Elizabeth uh, told us about an experience she had 
with a patient who had died 10 months earlier. And this is a long story, so I won't go through it all, but basically the woman visited her in her office, actually signed a piece of paper to her minister, and made Elizabeth promise not once but twice that uh, she would not quit her important research work. There was a lot of pressure on Elizabeth to give up her work, to stop it mm. by the conventional establishment, so to speak, and right. that the work was too important, and so Elizabeth agreed to. And then the woman went, walked out of Elizabeth's office into the hallway. Elizabeth hesitated a moment, ran to the door, looked in both directions, and the woman was totally gone, just wow. poof into the evening. Wow, that must have been a now, real eye-opener. And for Elizabeth, a well-known person who I'd seen twice now on the Phil Donahue television mm -hmm. show and many other, uh, she was even nominated for a Nobel Prize, although she didn't win it. She was nominated for it. Um, for her to tell us this uh, story, she had everything to lose and nothing to gain at that point, I thought. So after the workshop, when I came home again, I told my then wife, Judy, about what I had heard. And we began... Uh, obtaining books from all different libraries anywhere in the country at that point about such experiences. And we'd find one here, two or three there, one chapter of one book that even been devoted to it in an analytical kind of way, mm -hmm. but nothing else beyond that. It was very frustrating. Right. And so I did this for about 11 years mm. until my deceased father said to me, and I heard him in my mind telepathically, Mm -hmm. Do your own research and write your own book. It's your spiritual work to do. Wow. And so at that point, Judy and I had been divorced for four years, but mm -hmm. she knew more about the topic than anybody else. So mm -hmm. I called her over, and even while she was there, a woman called me on the phone who knew my interest in the topic and told me about an ABC that was evidential. And uh, that's what I was looking for. So Judy and, and I began... Let's, ex let's explain... Let's explain to the audience that an ADC stands for after-death communication. An ADC is a spiritual experience that occurs when a person is contacted directly and spontaneously by a family member or a friend who has died. Mm -hmm. It is a direct experience because no third parties, such as psychics, mediums, therapists, rituals, or any kind of devices are involved and they are spontaneous because our deceased loved one determines when, where, and how they will contact us. And ADCs can literally happen anytime and anywhere. So that's our big definition, one single definition of what these are. And then there are 12 different types of experiences. Right, and we'll get into that a little later. Uh, right. How long had your daughter been uh, had transitioned before she contacted uh -huh. you with that? Oh, no, I heard from her within a few weeks. Uh -huh. My daughter died in uh, 2011, and I heard from her within a few weeks. But uh, she had uh, died by suicide, okay. and uh, she was 47. She was an adult. Mm -hmm. But uh, what had happened? She was on uh, antidepressant drugs, and she met somebody who convinced her that she could give them all up, cold turkey. And she did, but then she went into that black hole that you fall into, and just kept cycling down, 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 and right. didn't know how to pull herself out again. Mm -hmm. And uh, she ended her physical life that way because the emotional pain was so great. Right. And uh, 
but I did hear from her not too long afterwards, and a number of other times. Again, always in my case, by telepathy. Right. And I know that she was working with children, and her thing on earth was art. She was a writer and an artist, and she was doing kinetic art, a a form of three-dimensional art I can't even describe to you, but I can understand it. Uh, in, cause I can see, see it in pictures. So she's she's doing all, all right. Yes, you see, just because somebody has their gazillion reasons for ending one's life, and uh, it doesn't mean that they're going to quote hell or some other very negative experience. Right. right. But, uh, there are all different reasons, including some people who do it uh, to protect other people. Even so, it's, uh, there's many variations as there are people. And many people have asked me. Um, even if my loved one has passed by their own hand or taken their own life, can they still communicate with us? And I try to explain to them that the pain that they experienced here is no longer there. Although sometimes there is unfinished business, but they are in a different, different place and free of that pain. I'd like to say that Hello from Heaven contains 353 first-hand accounts in the experiencer's own words. And a number of those, all different relationships, are mm-hmm. by people who died by suicide. So it's, the form of death is not important, uh, how, it, how it happens, but right. rather about who they are and that you want to hear from them. And they may be able to explain what happened or why they chose to do suicide, if that's the case. But the majority aren't suicides, of course. They're accidents and illnesses and age and everything else. Right. So how long How how long did you do all your research? I know you, you interviewed, what, over 3,000 people? We interviewed over 2,000 people, and okay. that took uh, was seven, seven years of uh, research and writing. Oh. Again, I'd never written a book before. So this was different. And we had all these experiences to pour through. Fortunately, we had computers then, a uh, computer, because this was in the late 80s, early 90s. Mm-hmm. And we were able to find, fit all these experiences into different categories simply by the way they described, you know, what they described. Right. The experience it was. And uh, so it's a year and a half of writing in that. But we uh, received new experiences right up to the end, to the time we self-published our book in 19... 19- 95. So wow. seven, seven, yes. It was, I, we didn't know if we'd find 50 people in the first year. As it turned out, we interviewed 500 people the very first wow. year. And these were all from conducted. just the United States or all, all over the world? No, no, two countries. Uh, back then, phone calls were about 15 cents a piece per minute, right. per minute, per minute, not like a cell phone. We can talk for an hour. So uh, we interviewed people all over, all 50 states and all 10 Canadian provinces, unlike Canada. So we included Canada as well. But mm-hmm. we didn't go any further because we didn't speak any foreign languages. And I had 10 different women doing the interviewing. I trained them how to do it. And it, it basically, I, I, many people just knew how to tell the story and mm-hmm. they could, you know, with the details and whatnot. And so you had just, other people I, doing a lot of the interviews of people who had yeah. the experiences? I had women do it because they are tend to be very emotional experiences, and I figured that most people would be more comfortable with a woman than with a man. I did a few, but basically Judy was one of the 
interviewers, but there are many others. Mm-hmm. So how did you choose which ones to put in the book? It just, uh, they fell into the categories. Uh, and we wanted the book to be reflective of all the different types of experiences. Mm-hmm. And they just fall into one of 12 different co- uh, categories on their own. We did learn of a couple more since then, by the way. But there, there I would think you'd probably learn of hundreds more. No, no, not, not types of experiences, not types. There are 12 major types, and then we've heard of two more. Oh, I uh, see, two, diff- one, two one, more different one, categories. Yes, category would be one. One would be involving orbs, O-R-B-S, orbs. And many bereaved parents believe they see their deceased child in the orb, and that right. when they see an orb, it's their son or their daughter. But right. uh, that, that's usually very, uh, limited to bereaved parents who see orbs like that. Mm-hmm. So, but that we, we nobody was talking about orbs back then because they didn't have the time. Right. And, you know, pictures. so many times people will come into my office and they'll bring photographs and they want me to connect with specific people. But then as I look at the photographs, I can see orbs or besides the light i can see the faces of people who had transitioned mm-hmm. well, that's so I, it's and i'll say to them have you seen looked at this carefully and they'll look and say oh my word i didn't even think to look at that right mm-hmm. that's unusual i haven't not familiar with that but I think that's because you're you're very talented and mediumistic. Well, I mean, thank you. I I think because I grew up thinking because I was a child performer that that was going to be my life, and then the universe gave me a little kick because uh, I was having experiences, and uh, it actually was my paternal grandmother who said. Uh, go home and start your real work. And I said, I am doing my real work. And she said, not this singing nonsense, your real work. (laughs) So I did. I dropped everything. I gave up my New York apartment, my baby grand piano, my antiques, and went home. And then it just happened. I mean, I think when spiritually, when you're supposed to be doing something, no matter how you might say, wait a minute, I don't want to give up what I'm doing, Uh, you're going to be pushed to do what you need to do. And obviously your daughter gave you that little nudge. Well, our our book was out long before uh, Janet died. Oh, I see. Uh, Yes, our book was published long before that. It was not, Janet was not part of the book. Right. Well, didn't you have an experience with your father about going outside to look at the pool? Yes, uh, that happened in 1980. Uh, our youngest son was two years old, mm-hmm. and we, uh, here in Florida, uh, covered pools, spring and pools are very common. And right. I was sitting in the living room, and Judy and I had just finished a conversation, and we both got up to walk in different directions. And Claire, audiently and by, by sound, I received a thought in my head, go outside and check the swimming pool. And by the way, they never tell you directly what the danger is. 
And right. I want to intervene here. And if anybody ever is driving a car and they're, and they're told to stop or slow down or right. make a turn, please right. do so. That will right. very likely save your life from a horrendous accident. In my case, right. I'll or just bring you to a place you're supposed to be. Or just just stop the car. That's all. You'll right. find out. Enough. I've had my, my steering wheel kind of it. it it seems to have a mind of its own. <laughs> I'll okay. be driving, and all of a sudden, I'll be the steering wheel be either going to the right or to the left, and I'm going. Wait a minute, I don't want to go there, but I just follow my intuition and do it. Anyway, uh, back to the story, my son. And yes, I I went outside to the uh, back of the house, and there was a gate there, and the gate was ajar. So I just mm. went to close the gate, uh, and when I did, I looked at the deep end of the pool, and our youngest son was not even two two years old, was floating in the water in the pool oh, and not moving at all. And uh, he was uh-huh. well away from the side. So I raced down the side of the pool. I yelled out her brother, screeched out the name Judy. She came running. I dove into the pool, came up under him, and pushed him to the side, not mm. knowing if she was alive or not. Mm. And uh, she literally uh, grabbed his arm and pulled him out by the hand, wrist. And we were both shaking and cold. But right. he did not even require CPR. He didn't require any intervention. It was that mm. quick that it all happened. And uh, I think I was notified even the very moment that he slipped into the pool. He'd wow. come out of a, a side door that did have a protector on it, but somehow mm. it had been left open, or we never figured out how it got out with that protector on the door and, uh, wow. handle. But uh, he was okay. He spit up some water and uh, went on and... Uh, I just saw him today, as a matter of fact. He's over 40 years old, mm-hmm. and uh, he's, he's okay. <laughs> Has he given you grandchildren? No, no, he is not married, no. Uh-huh. Oh, I have six grandchildren, but uh, that's what he does. Into, uh, he does have I'm sorry? One. He's got, yes, he has a granddaughter. Mm-hmm. He, I have a granddaughter with he, but he. But yes, he has a daughter. Mm-hmm. But, but, okay, yeah. I have six granddaughters, all, all girls. Do they live near, do you get to see them often? Yes, I see them at least once a year, yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. So let, let's get back to the research that you and Judy uh, were involved with. How, how did you find people to interview? Basically, I found, what I did was I began um, asking various bereavement support groups to put a little line, what we were looking for, into their newsletters. Mm-hmm. And actually, one year after we began our research, we only interviewed 500 people, we were asked to give workshops for the Compassionate Friends. The right. Compassionate Friends is the largest support group for bereaved parents. It was only, only had to go to Tampa, and I lived near Orlando, so about mm-hmm. two hours away, and our first workshop had more than 300 people in it. Wow. And we, we didn't even really know what we were talking about fully yet. And, uh, you know, only knew about maybe four, uh, maybe five or six types of after-death communication experiences mm-hmm. compared to what we learned later. But it was everybody's... It, I, we got so much help from this side and, I believe, the other side uh-huh. in our research. And that, uh, we were in newspapers. We were interviewed. I uh, was asked to be on TV shows. So I, we had re- more publicity before the book was uh, printed and published. Mm. And this is before the there book was. came out. 
Yes, tremendous amount. And wow. everything would lead to, I remember we were on one TV show, and uh, the phone didn't stop ringing. I, if I put my hand off it, it rang again. And mm. I, I, I couldn't pick it up. It would be another phone call. It just went on like that. And, of course, we did evaluate what was an ADC. Some things were not by right. our standards. And so there was, a, you know, we had to evaluate that. And I called everybody before they were interviewed and spoke to them personally on the phone. Mm-hmm. As my wife was screen, sort of screening them and finding out what type of experience and which interviewers to give it to, all those things. There are many analytical parts of this. Right. Do, how many people in this country do you think have had some sort of after-death communication experience? Uh, in our book, we said probably 20% which would be something like 60 million pe- people. But wow. since then, with the polls and things like that, it may be closer to double that, or 40%, or say 125 million people. Because these, these are things that people still don't talk about, especially before the book was published. They didn't talk about them, yet they had them. So they were things that people right. would keep in privacy on the back They burner, think they're not. a little hoo Yes, and then what, the, what would the neighbors think if they told Right, what would the neighbors think? Or came to them, or their son, or their daughter. It's, and, and these were well known in the, uh, to therapists and various counselors, but they were called bereavement hallucinations. Oh, bereavement dear. Fantasies. So when they, somebody would go into a, see a therapist for their grief, mm-hmm. of kind, often they were told that they were just fantasizing, seeing their child. Or, right, and... Have you, did you interview any children? Yes, we did, but we didn't publish that in the book. Right, because Uh, children are so open to having spiritual experiences. Yes. And unless their parents validate it, you know, if if they don't say, oh, uh, Tommy's got an imaginary friend, uh, and... You know, or he just has a vivid imagination, or he's an only child. But in actuality, children are so open to after-death communication, and they're very open to share their experience. Well, they'll share them if they're not made fun of. And we interviewed a number of children who were under 18. We had a whole chapter, but we didn't include it. Or, uh, because we thought it would be too far out for uh, readers to accept back then, 1995, when our book was published. Right. And uh, the other one, we interviewed people who had been visited by their deceased pets and right. uh, or had some kind of experience with their a pet who had died. And we didn't put that. We interviewed a number and collected a number of those accounts. But again, we mm. didn't put them, make a chapter on it, simply because uh, we... People would very. You didn't you know, think people would accept it? That they were uh, being contacted by other people, let alone animals. So we didn't include the. Pet That's the too bad. Yeah, That's well, too bad because some. I mean, pets are like a member of the family. Oh, very much so. And as uh, I told you a few, few days ago, my own special little dog died two and a half weeks ago. Right. And, uh, I'm so sorry uh, for your loss. Yeah, so my house feels very empty because he was my best buddy and my uh, significant other for 12 years. I live alone, and my house feels very empty without him. But, but he's wonder- there. 
spiritually he's there. Yes, I've heard from him uh, by telepathy, mm-hmm. yes. We've spoken three times. But uh, that's not usual <laughs> uh, for most people. It, <laughs> yeah, I've talked to people who have had experiences with uh, from pets that have passed on. Yes, yes. And, you know, it's it's so comforting to them because when they have the pets who are still in a physical body here on this plane, the pets are a comfort a comfort to them here. But uh, and they will be there. It's a wonderful story called the Legend of Rainbow Bridge, which is is uh, that the name of the book that that poem is from? That's the name of the book, but the book is out of print and will not be reprinted because the author has died, and it's very complex. Mm. But the print, the little writing itself is on a website called Pet Loss, P-E-T-L-O-S-S dot com, PetLoss dot com. And all they have to do is or type in Rainbow Bridge mm-hmm. into uh, Google, and they'll find it. They'll find the poem. And uh, I, I hope towards the end of the program you'll read that poem for us. Should we do it right now and get it done? Um, we have to take a little break, but after the break we can do that. Okay, let's do it. Okay. All right, you're listening to Discover Your Potential. This is Cindy Gilman. My wonderful guest today is Bill Guggenheim, co-author of a book that's near and dear to my heart and soul, Hello from Heaven. We'll be right back after this short break. Cindy Gilman is a certified holistic and Reiki and energy practitioner, as well as a spiritual medium. As a spiritual medium and empath, she conducts individual personal consults either by phone or in her office. All sessions are professional and confidential. For a phone consultation or in-office appointment, go to www.cindygilman.com or call 401-885-4115. And we are back. This is Cindy Gilman. You're listening to Discover Your Potential. My guest today is co-author of the book, Hello from Heaven, Bill Guggenheim, and I just, it's the first time I saw the book, it, it's such, it's a lovely, well, I got the paperback version, it's a lovely light blue book, but one of my favorite, favorite spiritual symbols is the monarch butterfly, and Bill, you put that right on the cover. Yes, and it's at the beginning of every chapter because it's my favorite symbol, too. Really? And yes, that that was from a rubber stamp I found in Pike's Place Market in Seattle, Washington. Keep in mind, I You're live in kidding. Florida, and it was in a and it was mounted on uh, plexiglass, hmm. not on uh, wood as all other rubber stamps are. And right. So I used that butterfly for everything in our work on everything we used. It was sent out to people. We used that butterfly, including packages, and we adapted it for the book as well. But to me, it's a symbol of life after death or symbol of metamorphosis. Uh, yes, it's definitely a symbol of transformation. And, um, you know, I've I've had loved ones that have passed on 
who have sent me monarch butterflies, and sometimes there'll be one right on my patio, and I'll think, oh, hello, where did you come from? Who sent you? Yes, yes. And then the white butterflies, I believe, are like angel butterflies. All right. I don't... I don't. I don't know about that, but, but I just, it's a right. monarch that attracted me. They. That's my favorite. They're so beautiful, and if they hold such a significant meaning. Yes. I'm going to give out the phone number again, so you can call in if you'd like to share your experience. If you've had an after-death communication with a loved one, the phone number is eight eight eight. Six two seven six zero zero eight. We want to hear from you. Okay, Bill, do you want to read the poem? All right. Should I, I get a Kleenex this, ready? Maybe. I had this <laughs> made into a mini, mini, mini poster, and I give it out to my friends. But you can't buy it. Just this side of heaven is a place called Rainbow Bridge. When a pet dies, who has been especially close to a person on Earth, that pet goes to Rainbow Bridge. There are beautiful meadows and grassy hills there for all our special friends so they can run and play together. There's always plenty of their favorite food to eat, plenty of fresh spring water for them to drink, and every day is filled with sunshine so our little friends are warm and comfortable. All the pets that had been ill or old are now restored to health and youth those that had been hurt or maimed are now whole and strong again, just as we remember them in our dreams of days gone by. The pets we loved are happy and content, except for one small thing. Each one misses someone very special who was left behind. I'm misting up a bit because I'm thinking my little Charlie. I know. They, they all run and play together, but the day comes when one of them suddenly stops and looks off into the distant hills. It is as if he has heard a whistle or was given a signal of some kind. His eyes are bright and intent. His body begins to quiver. All at once he breaks away from the group, flying like a deer over the grass, his little legs carrying him faster and faster. You have been spotted, and when you and your special friend finally meet, you hug and cling to him in joyous reunion. Never be parted again. Happy kisses rain upon your face. Your hands once again caress the beloved head. You look once more into the trusting eyes of your pet. So long gone, so long gone from your life, but never gone from your heart. Then with your beloved pet by your side, you will cross the rainbow bridge together. The sacred circle is now complete again. That, that's really beautiful. Yes. I've never heard that whole poem. And it's got me choked up. Yes, it's uh, very, very, very special. And your little an... Charlie has got one of his toys in his mouth that he wants. It's almost like he's trying to give it to me to comfort me. Yes, see, when we spoke a few days ago, you said, who's the little black dog? And that's mm -hmm. my little Charlie was black. Mm. Yes, and I didn't mention that to you or anything like that. Right, right, and he's with two other dogs. Yes. 
So what's this little, it looks like a doll or a little stuffed doll or stuffed Yeah, animal. He had a, a variety of different uh, chewies, different toys that people gave him. We gave, mm-hmm. I gave him over the years, so I don't know one from the other. But right. believe it or not, after speaking with you, I went back, I kept, those kept his favorite ones, and I mm-hmm. put them out on the floor where they used to be because it makes the house feel more full. We're, we're ready just for, just in case he wants to visit. Sorry, but we're quite weepy at the moment. We're going to take a little short break, and both of us will pull ourselves together and be right back. You're listening to Discover Your Potential. This is Cindy Gilman. My guest today is a wonderful person, very dedicated to trying to help people understand spiritual experiences and what he calls after-death communication. We'll be right back in a moment. Cindy Gilman is a certified holistic and Reiki and energy practitioner, as well as a spiritual medium. As a spiritual medium and empath, she conducts individual personal consults either by phone or in her office. All sessions are professional and confidential. For a phone consultation or in-office appointment, go to www.cindygilman.com or call 401-885-4115. Today, I'm talking with Bill Guggenheim. Uh, if you'd like to call in, the number is 888-627-6008. Now, I know we're going to talk about some experiences that people had, but how can people get a copy of Hello from Heaven? Well, the two places that uh, usually have it, uh, number one is Amazon, and it costs less than $8, Amazon, and the other is Barnes & Noble bookstores. Mm -hmm. Uh, And if they uh, have any of their own independent bookstores, they can order it from that bookstore. But basically, it's Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Those are about the only two bookstores that are left. Yeah, so many bookstores have closed up. People are buying things online. Um, And um, what I'd like to do is cover the messages that people receive from their 12 different types of after-death communication experiences. And the most common ones are they're, whether it's said or implied, it's the same thing. This is what people come away with. Okay. From the, the one who has made his or her transition. They're saying, to, letting us know, I'm okay. I'm fine. Everything is okay. I'm happy. Don't worry about me. And surprisingly, don't grieve for me. Don't That's grieve, a surprise. Grieve for them. Because they're okay. We're the ones that are not so okay. Everything right. will be all right. Go on with your life. Uh, I'll always be there for you. And they're kind of, I'm watching over you. Kind of a guardian angel kind of thing. I'll right. see you again. That's whether they may come back again or they'll see us when we make our own transition. Right. And be inside every experience, inside every experience, is to, said or not, is I love you. I love you. And uh, those are the major messages. Mm-hmm. And then we, I want people to know this. Hello from Heaven contains six chapters of why are these real. 
and we get 15 or more examples why after-death communication experiences are real and not imaginary, not right. fiction, not uh, wishful thinking or grief reactions. And such as people who've had their life protected or saved by these types of events of right. uh, experience, including people who are planning or in the act of uh, taking their own life, ending their own life. They sometimes have somebody witness uh, come, to, come to them in that very moment. In right. other cases, they're come many, many years later, 5, 10, 20, 30 years after the time they died. Usually, the longer it is after their death, it's because uh, it's to warn us of some impending um, disaster or something like that, and uh, or accident. So many of these contain information, which are called evidential. They're, they're evidential because they contain information that people did not even know before and could not have known before their experience occurred. And maybe the, the location of something of importance. Now, in in your book, there are twelve different types of after death communication, or what you call ADC. Yes. Sensing well, a pre- pardon. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sensing a presence. Sometimes people just feel the presence of their loved one. Hearing a voice. And that can be in your telepathic or internal voice or actually hearing a voice. Feeling a touch. Maybe you feel as if someone is putting their hand on your shoulder or your hand. Or even if you've lost a pet, you may feel a paw on your leg. Um, Smelling a fragrance. Sometimes you might smell cologne or a man's aftershave or... Uh, cologne, um, sometimes the smell of flowers, or even favorite foods. I get that a lot with people, and the tobacco smoke that that's aso- I, that's associated with them. Sometimes it's cigarette tobacco or pipe tobacco or cigar tobacco. Um, partial appearances, um, full appearances, and. Um, a glimpse beyond. Do you want to read off the others before we have to end our hour? I can't believe it's gone so quickly. Well, um, maybe we'll have to do it again, that's all. Uh, Absolutely. Beyond might be a vision where we see beyond this reality or our physical world into another one. And that's very hard to describe, but they're usually in color and you can okay. see them with your eyes closed or open. Uh, twilight experiences are just as you're falling asleep or just waking up. When people go into that alpha level. Yes. Very large category is so-called dreams, but they're not. They're called sleep state ADCs, and these are very, very real. And and a typical dream is fragmented and broken up and hard to remember when you wake up. These can be remembered very clearly 10, 20, 30 years later. It has a beginning, a middle, and an end, and it's not fragmented. It's very real. Right. I call them visitations. Visitations or sleep state visitations, out, out of body uh, at ADCs is when you leave your own body and go to where they are. Mm-hmm. And so you have to read about that. I can't really convince that, but uh, it, it leads me to believe that each of us is a spirit or a soul, right here, absolutely, right now, wearing a physical body, and that is merely merely stepping out or leaving behind the physical body. 
because as a soul or spirit, we just continue on into the spiritual realm. So I, I view our physical body as our earth suit right. that we need to wear and to use here on physical planet Earth. Uh, the way an astronaut needs a spacesuit when they're way out in space, when they go out right. the capsule. There are uh, phone calls. Some people receive a message by a telephone or cell phone or other kinds of things like that. Mm-hmm. Physical phenomena is a huge category. Light yes. blinking off, things starting, stopping, radios, TVs, you name it. Things Windshield wipers. Loop, you name it. Things that you didn't cause to happen. Right. And then symbolic experiences, which are different. These include uh, common signs like butterflies, rainbows, seeing various species of birds, flowers, yes. animals, coins, feathers, pictures, on and on and on. And what I just so want I to want to suggest to anyone out there who has gone through loss, this book is a must. And after you read it, you'll want to get one for your friends. You can go to Amazon.com or Barnes & Noble. Would you like me to give out your website address, Bill? You're welcome to. We're not really working that with that any longer, right. so don't please don't write to, to it. Oh, okay. Okay, it's www.after-death.com. Bill, it has been an absolute pleasure. You must promise me you'll come back and do the program again. I'd love to do it again. I'd love to, I'd love to do it when we get phone calls. Yes, I I was hoping people would call up and and uh, share some of their experiences. Doug, thanks for a great job again. All of you, be kind to each other. Wear your mask. Wear your gloves. Stay safe, stay well, God bless. This is Cindy Gilman and my guest, Bill Guggenheim, wishing you a bright tomorrow. Bye-bye. Hello, I am Ron Hayden of Voices Unlimited. I've been writing and voicing radio and television commercials, toys, games, corporate sales and training, and so much more for over 25 years nationally and globally. I will write or co-write and voice your radio or TV spots on hold messages or whatever you need in one of my many voices or celebrity voices, custom characters, or an announcer voice. A great gift idea. Have me make a celebrity phone call for a special occasion. Just go to www.ronhayden.com to sample my voice demos. Email me at rhvoices1 at msn.com. I look forward to working with you. In a high voice, a low voice, or just my voice. In every way, every day, I need less of myself, I need more in. More in. Less is the only.